Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Rock Bible Church. It's a little different energy this morning. I wonder why. You're going to find out pretty soon. Uh, welcome to Rock Bible Church. We are a Christ-centered, biblically-based. Oh, you're reading it again. I thought you had it memorized. I was so proud of you. Now I'm just proud of your reading skills. We are compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, be in a community that serves the greater community. I want you to think about those three statements, maybe the first one and the third one. Well, we're doing casual. We, we got the middle covered, but today you're going to hear about compelling people to Christ in the greater community. That's going to be, it's going to be awesome. All right. And then later tonight, you're going to come back because you're going to burn so much energy just taking in this service that you're going to need an ungodly amount of chili. <laughs> tonight, we're doing the chili cook off and uh, it's free. It, it'll be followed by a pie cook off that's also free. So do you come for the chili or do you come for the pie? At Rock Bible Church, we say both, right? So uh, we're going to have a great time tonight. You need not bring a chili to be in the contest or a pie to participate. You can just come and eat, as someone in my family was saying, who will not be named. Um, but we'd look, we'd look forward to seeing you guys tonight. 530 will be uh, back here in the Fellowship Hall. And if you have any questions, that's confusing because I just covered all of it. <laughs> Come at 5.30, bring no money, have a great old time, all right? So uh, right now, I want to invite Mark Tyler up for a second, and uh, he's going to be sharing with us this morning. Mark Tyler was my high school pastor uh, out in Castro Valley. Come here first. Come on up here, Mark. Mark Tyler. <laughs> I called him this morning and said, I desperately want to look just like you. <laughs> so... Uh, we, we, we know, <laughs> it is kind of scary, although we got a couple other twins back there that uh, also look the same. We, uh, we know each other from long ago. You know Mark from 360 Serve, and the updates that he's given us on, on India and uh, other countries and all the just amazing ministry. Many of you are supporting pastors in other countries because of this ministry and you get the updates and the emails and get to see the videos and the testimonials when have we ever had a live testimonial this is our first this is a first for rock bible church today and we're going to be a part of it mark yeah. thank you yeah, thank you okay but before we go i got one little small thing because yeah. you made this happen which I mean we know that means Tracy made it happen. Yeah, right? Okay. It. Okay. And of course Julie. And there's a lot of people. But how do you come to faith? You come to faith by getting introduced to the Lord somehow. And that's what you guys did. Neighborhood at the time was called. And going through student ministry. And you go to camps and you go to retreats and you go on ski trips and somebody's gotta drive those buses and drive those boats. The guy who might be responsible for us all being here today is right there, Steve Bright. He was the bus driver for our student ministry, and he's here this morning to hear what's going on. So, let's hand the mic to Mark after we pray. 
Lord, thanks for our, our time this morning and for what we're going to hear, the surprise, the excitement. I pray for Daniel, Erica, and their ministry, and we're, we're so excited, Lord. Uh, may this be about you. May you be honored in this time. And we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Rock Bible. It is so good to be back in the church of Two Hot Scott. Some of you know that story, okay? I'm not going to go back and all that, but uh, if you've been around a while, uh, I just love this church because I feel like I'm coming back home. You were the first church to support 360 Serve, this ministry that exists to help churches all throughout the United States and Christians throughout the United States support indigenous church planners that are reaching our world with the gospel by the hundreds of thousands. And so I just want to thank you guys for the invite. And like Pastor Scott was saying, uh, we have a special guest here today. Do you guys know what country he's from? Uganda. Uganda. That is right. You know, uh, Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5 says, look at the nations and watch. This is what God says. He's, he gives a command. Look at the nations and watch. You are fulfilling prophecy this morning. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. So you're going to hear a story. It's just unbelievable. It, you're not even going to believe it. It's just that amazing. And we're going to lead all the way up to the moment that it intersects literally what Rock Bible is doing in the nation the country of Uganda. It's just going to blow you away. But I want to begin by just thanking you guys, okay? Uh, the chill. there you go. Uh, these are some Uganda pastors. <laughs> and this, I don't know if you guys realize this, but your church, you're supporting 76 indigenous church planting pastors in eight countries. Do you know that? You are the most giving church of all our partner churches Per capita, I mean, just for the size of your church, all those countries you're supporting, including Uganda, in the last nine months, this is what Rock Bible in your partnership has done. 3,709 new believers have come to Christ. 140 house churches have been started, and 1,411 people have been discipled and baptized. This is what the Lord is doing. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of Hades is not going to overcome it. And the Lord has found a church, and he's found people in this church that are willing to partner with him, Jesus, in what he is doing in the nations. And this is the impact that this church, Rock Bible, is having all over the world. Now, we, you guys are supporting eight countries, and in each of the countries there's a movement leader, the man of God that has the vision to reach the unreached in that country with the gospel. And that man is here this morning, all the way from Uganda. <laughs> and his name is Pastor Daniel and his wife, Erica. Let's welcome Daniel up here, Pastor Daniel. Pastor Daniel speaks 11 languages. So, Daniel, I'd like you to say, it is so good to be with you here this morning, Rock Bible. Say that in Swahili. Now let's do one more. How about in uh, Lugandan, why don't you say, it is so good to be in the church of Two Hot Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Scott. 
<laughs> Revival is breaking out. I can feel it. I can just yeah. feel it. You can have a seat, Pastor Daniel. Thank you so much. So, you know, a hundred, Psalm 107, verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. So we're going to tell a story this morning. It's God's story. It's going to be Daniel and Erica's story, but it's also going to be your story. You're here this morning. God knew you'd be here this morning, or maybe you're watching online right now. God is continuing to build his life and his story in your life. There's another chapter God wants to write today. And I believe the Lord, through what you're going to hear today, is going to be speaking to you about the next thing God wants to do in your life. And so my prayer is that you will hear from the Lord today through this amazing story that you're going to hear, and it will be life-changing for you. So we're going to invite Daniel in this interview style. Daniel is, uh, Pastor Daniel and Erica, they're, they're humble people. Daniel is an amazing preacher, but if I just said come up here and tell your story, he would be, I would not be able to draw out of him because of his humility, the things that really God has done through him. So we're going to begin by just kind of taking you through, but let's begin with just how I met him. And this will be real brief, but five years ago, Daniel, we met at Three Crosses, and we had coffee. I heard a Ugandan pastor wanted to meet with me. For 20 years, I've been praying for Uganda. And I said, yes, let's do it. And we heard his story in Erica, and Tracy and I were on an airplane in four months, and we began to travel throughout Uganda, seeing what God was doing. So, Daniel, I want you to go back five years ago when we visited. Tell what your ministry was like up to that point. You've been in ministry 20 years. And what had God done up to that point? Foremost, I just want to thank you so much for your support, uh, for your great love, and for your prayers. If it wasn't for your support and for your love and prayer, he would not have been able to accomplish what the Lord is doing in Uganda. So all that we talk about today, and all the testimonies that we share about today, it is because of your generosity, your love, and your prayer. May the Lord be blessed because of your giving, and we thank you so much for that. Amen. We came to meet with people Pastor Mark, as he said, we had prayed for many years, asking God to be able to connect us with the right person, the right people, and people of integrity, because we had the vision, we had the mission, but we did not have the capacity to be able to fulfill what God had called us to do. Very poor in our setting, didn't have anything, but see what the Lord did after 20 years of prayer, that he connected us with Pastor Mark and Mama Tracy. We call her Mama Tracy, the mother of the nations, <laughs> because she is the mother of the nations. And the Lord brought them all together. I just want to tell you that our prayers was answered. From the time that we met with them until today, God is doing a lot through our relationship. And we cannot even stop thanking God for what the Lord did in the last five years. 
So five years ago when we arrived, there were 27 pastors that Daniel had seen raised up in 27 churches. Uh, five years later, how many pastors now are being supported? How many churches? Right now, we have 130 pastors that have been supported. And we still have many more that are still waiting to be able to open up churches. But we have hundreds and hundreds of church houses that have already been planted under the 130 pastors. So we are looking at hundreds and hundreds of churches, house churches under uh, the movement that the Lord is doing in Uganda. These are in completely unreached areas where people have never heard the gospel. So look at this. In five years, because of you guys, your support, you've gone from 27 pastors to 130 and over 800 churches now in Uganda. That's just the backdrop to what God is doing in your partnership. Now, we're going to lead up to 10 pastors that you are actually supporting, and, and that story is where we're going to end with. But we're going to begin with kind of the beginning now of Daniel's life. I look at this picture, Daniel, and I see these orphan boys. And I would like you to share with everyone what it was like for you growing up to age 14. What was that like in Uganda? Uh, my father had 37 children in multiple women. And my father was a trailer driver. So he never had any love for children because he had all these children. So children meant nothing to him. So one time he had a separation with my mom. By that time, I was eight years. I lived with my dad from the age of eight to the age of 10 after my mother had separated with my, with my dad. So from age of eight to 10, my father married another wife who was my stepmom. She abused us all at home. And all other children were able to run away out of home. I remained in my father's house for two years. Later after that, life was also very hard for me because I was so much abused by my stepmom. I ran away from my daddy's house and I lived with my grandmother from the age of 10 to the age of 12. She was also so poor that she had only one dress in life. And this one dress is what she used to cover me in the night. No mattress, nothing, but I could, she could only cover me that dress in the night and then, and then put it on again every morning because it's what she only had in life. Living in one bedroom in the house, and life was not also so good living with her. Time came uh, that I had to leave her home after two years because she was also so poor to the level that she could not even take care of me. I started to live by myself at the age of 12. That is when I rented my first house. I became a man at the age of 12, renting my own house, Paying, paying for my school fees, taking care of myself. Two years after that, at the age of 14, I really felt like life demanded a lot and I could not live anymore. So the devil whispered in my ears to be able to hang myself. I made all the plans to be able to hang myself at school. 
I felt the spirit of death had covered me up. Every time I could walk, I could feel like death, uh, that I was going to die the next minute. Because I had perceived it, I had conceived it, and I really felt like I would mount up to nothing in this world. I went to school, ready to commit suicide. I took my rope. I had a plastic bag, put my rope into the bag, ready to commit suicide under the mango tree at school. Little did I know that Jesus loved me enough that he had to wait for me right under the mango tree. As I was going to commit suicide under the mango tree, having a rope in my hand, in my neck, ready to commit suicide, another boy comes up who was the head of our school chapel, and he came screaming and shouting at me, Daniel, what are you trying to do? I told him that I was going to commit suicide because it was evident. He told me, you don't need to commit to suicide. You need Jesus. He led me into the prayer of salvation. And from that day until today, that is where I met Jesus, right under the mango tree. From that time until today, I'm here to say, Jesus loved me enough to the level that he even redeemed my life right at the time that I was going to be able to hang up. Mm, hallelujah. So what happens in Daniel's life, I'm going to have to fill in some blanks here to get to the next uh, chapter we're going into. He gets this call, and he begins to get discipled within a church. God places on him a passion to preach the gospel. He gets trained. He's going all over Africa preaching the gospel. It would lead him eventually to Rwanda. The genocide takes place in Rwanda where for uh, 100 days uh, there is a killing rampage that takes place where over a million people would be slaughtered. Erica, his wife, is 12 years old in Rwanda, adjacent country to Uganda. Her family was the first family targeted in that genocide. Erica witnessed her father and mother killed right before her very eyes and in one moment became an orphan. Her story is absolutely incredible. It would take me an hour to share. She still can't tell it because it's so emotional and she would cry. So I'm going to skip that, but I will say this. She survived, obviously, the genocide. She was taken to an orphanage. Daniel was there. He actually received her and began to work with her over six years. He would stay there. They would fall in love. They would get married. And God would lead them back to Uganda. They go back to Uganda with a passion to plant churches, to begin their ministry. And this, Daniel, is a picture of what that church, your first one, looked like. I'd like you to tell the story of how planting a church, how difficult it is, and what happened to make this happen, your first church. Yeah, planting a church is very hard in Uganda or in Africa at large, I would say. No one would always want to be a church planter in a country because it's a very hard work. Amen. It requires a lot to be called a church planter. Poverty, lack of food, lack of house, no school fees for your children. Even people will call you even 3 a.m. and they will be coming for food, for support, and each and every other kind of need. 
because a church planter in Uganda, you are like the community, like a social worker in the community. You are the one to support the whole community. It wasn't very easy for us to be able to start a church. We never had anything. We, had, we were so poor to the extent that even the poorest could call us poor. So one time the Lord called us to be able to start a church. I went to my wife and I told her, that uh, I really feel like God is telling us to start a church, but we don't have anything. My wife told me that, of course, you know that we don't have anything, but whatever you feel the Lord is leading you to do, that is what you can be able to do. So what we did was to sell everything that we had in the house. We had nothing, as I've already told you, already, but whatever we had is what we had to sell off to be able to start a church. We were looking by that time for $90.90, and we had to sell our cups, our plates, dishes, basins, and everything to be able to get that, that amount of money. It wasn't so easy, but the Lord was able to take us through that. So that is the life of a church planter in Uganda. Wow. You know, at the same time you started this first house church, Daniel, the Lord was also, because you were both orphans, especially Erica, this passion uh, that she had for children, and there is a story about 17 orphans, and I'd like you to share that. So out of all that poverty, started up a church house right there. We are so much in missions because we are mission-minded church. So we just happened to go to a certain community five hours away uh, from our home. We went to do ministry five days after that. Erica is very connected with the orphans. Even before we got married, before we had our first son, she used to tell me that she would never live in a home without orphans because that is her heart and that's her ministry. So we happened to finish up this mission and Erica, because of that love for orphans, I also wonder how God connected her, her, her heart. She's like a magnet. Children will always come closer to her. Even I saw her outside there. When she came, children started coming. and So that is how she is. So she brought 17 orphans. Remember, we are living in one bedroom the house. Poor. Nothing completely. One mattress. And Erica comes up with 17 children, and she tells me that we are taking them home. <laughs> I told her that, Erica, that was impossible. She said uh, that she wanted to take them home because they were orphans. So Erica started crying, and she told me that if we don't take these children, I'm not going home. <laughs> I was like, I had to do something then to be able to, to take her back home because that was so important for me. So I had to convince her, as you know how it is, happy family, happy wife, happy family. So I had to convince her. First we went home, and then we had to go. I told her that we were going to prepare for these children. But I just want to tell you the truth. We didn't have anything to prepare, because at the end of the day, we had nothing. But we just, we, we went back home. A few weeks after that, 
She went on crying and crying and she told me, let's go back and pick the children. Let's go back and pick the children until when I had to agree. We went back, we brought the 17, we brought them in one bedroom the house and then we turned it to be 22 or 23. 23 in one bedroom the house. <laughs> okay. So what God is doing right here is he knows what he's doing in building our lives and our ministry. And what he was doing, and Daniel and Erica didn't see it at the moment, is he's putting together a movement that's going to reach Uganda for Christ, blending church planning, orphan and widow care that will just blow the socks off of unbelievers that have never heard of Jesus in the least reached areas of Uganda. So, Daniel, God begins speaking to you about orphans and widows. What did God begin to teach you what, from his word about that? Out of my experience, being fostered, being adopted, Erica's life, I cultivated it into the scriptures. And the Lord spoke to me about being a church planter and also using the church planting movement or method to be able to reach out to orphans. Because I came to realize that these orphans are going to be the champions of tomorrow. These are children who are going to, to, to hold the flag of Jesus in the next few years from now. So reading the scriptures, I came to know that children belong in families. And I, I went into the scriptures. I looked at myself that I was adopted and I was fostered. And that transformed my life. Then I also looked at how God adopted us into his family. Today we say Abba Father because we are children of God through adoption. Then I came to know that Jesus Christ was also adopted by Joseph who was not his biological father because he, Jesus, is the son of God. I came to know about Moses who was adopted by Pharaoh and I came to know Esther and so many other different examples in the Bible. And I found out that all these children who were adopted into families turned the world upside down. So time came that I taught about this in a very small church. Had the 17 children before the church. I brought them and I told the church that we are going to do something that we've never done before. So I brought the 17 put them before the church after teaching them about James 1.27, true and undefiled religion is to take care of orphans and widows. And I charged the church to be able to take in the children. I tell you, 17 orphans were taken into 17 different families in one single service. Now, what God did in that service has been multiplied over and over and over. You have 800 churches now throughout Uganda. All of them are adopting kids. They're becoming champions. They're being trained to be church planners. The vision is to reach all of Uganda for Christ. Every unreached village. There are thousands of them and using orphans and widows. This is what God has done in Uganda. This is what you have been supporting, Rock Bible. This is a picture right here of what, Daniel? How many orphans are there? 350. This is one orphanage. 
And what is the vision for all? How many of these kids know Jesus? Almost 99.9 know Christ. And the vision for them is what? The vision one is to disciple them, train them to become church planters. That is our greatest call for, for, for them. We know uh, that after we train them, we disciple them, we have to equip them so that they may be able to transform the world upside down. So this is the main orphan center, which I've been in many, many times. Scott, we're going to talk about this and what it's going to look like for your church because some of you are going to go there. We're going to talk about that later in the future. So the DNA of this church planning movement, I want you to understand, is infused with caring for kids, planting churches, loving orphans, true undefiled religion. So with all that in mind, and I know that's... Uh, a lot to take in. We're going to now transition to what you guys specifically have been doing, and this is where it's going to get wild. <laughs> Pastor Daniel, uh, the Karamajong, Daniel's going to describe them in a second. This is an unreached people group. You're going to hear how unreached. This is who you're supporting. Ten church planters along with Pastor Clement. He's seen on the left up there. Okay. This is not easy to describe for you, and we're going to do our best in the time we have left. So, Daniel, just as the Spirit leads you, how do you introduce to Rock Bible Church the Karamajong people group? Who are they? These are people who are, they make up like over one million people group, uh, tribe people in Uganda. They live in nine districts. And these are people who are primitive, they are unlearned, they are cattle keepers, they are nomadics, they don't put on clothes, they are so poor, they eat blood and they drink milk, that's how they live. They live in one of the remotest areas in Uganda. It is like they have their own country in another country because no one wants to go to them. They are warriors. They kill. They fight. They steal. They do everything. So in a brief, that is how I can be able to introduce <laughs> someone that these are the Kalamojongs. You shared about that one woman, Daniel. And she just cried out saying that every night, you know, she has no peace. Talk about her real quick. This is just like a typical Karamajong woman and what it's like to live among this people group. One time we had that session when we went to open up a church and we shared our testimonies. And this woman, I asked them, what would you want us to pray for? So this one woman, 62 years, told me, that Pastor Daniel, for the last 62 years, I have never lived in this area without fear. Because I know each and every day that I will die. Because these people, the Karamajongs, when they come, they burn their hearts because they live in grass-thatched houses. But she said she has never been able to receive peace for the last 62 years. 
and she's, a, she's 62 years. So she was in a brief, like, every day of my life, I think of dying. I think that somebody is going to come and burn our heart and lose the children and everything. This is uh, 1.3 million people. One million have never been reached. 2,000 years, the gospel has never reached them. You're going to hear how your church, for the first time in 2,000 years, is bringing revival to this area. It, the government has tried to reach them and stop them from killing each other, and they've failed. They get killed trying to get in. As a matter of fact, Pastor Clement, I'll tell you this, really in brief, a year and a, about two years ago, without him knowing Daniel and I, uh, he was a Karamanjong warrior. You'll see a picture right now of a Karamanjong warrior. This was Pastor Clement. He came to Christ. Uh, what is that warrior holding there, Daniel, just so they can understand that picture? Uh, there's a stool in his hand, but that stool is what they use as their pillow because they don't have anything. They have no beds, they have nothing, no mats, and that's what he uses to put his head on. And then the stuff in his hand is used to kill lions or wild animals as they come to attack their cows. Now you can see these people are clothed. On the outskirts of the Karamajong, nearest where civilization is, they are clothed. But on the interior, it's a completely different situation. And this is where your church planters are, on the interior. So your pastor, Clement, who you're supporting, was a Karamanjong warrior. He came to Christ, and he had a vision to bring the gospel, which had never been done, into the interior. He attempted to do that, taking a bus. There's only one bus. It's about a seven-hour ride, drive. And he met and ambushed the entire bus because the Karamajong will attack and kill. For them to kill, I interviewed your pastor, Clement, for three days. It was one of the most amazing interviews I've ever had to spend with someone, and I learned all about their culture. But for them to kill a bug and a human being, it's the same thing. There is no difference. They kill every single day, their own people. And so they take this bus in to bring the gospel, the Karamajong uh, ambush, nine people on the bus are killed. Pastor Clement escapes, wounded, goes back, and, and just cries out to God, I need help. Someone tells him about Pastor Daniel, that he's the number one church planner in Uganda, calls Daniel, introduces himself, and then Daniel calls me. And I say, we've got to support this guy, right? And Daniel says, right. yes. And then Daniel says, furthermore, he has 10 other church planners who are willing to go back again and risk their life to bring the gospel. And I'm like, we've got to support them, right? Daniel goes, yes. And then Daniel goes, if we support him, I go with him, Mark. And I'm like, maybe we don't want to do this. No, <laughs> he's one of my best friends. And he's like, that's all right. God is with me. And they have gone back. Daniel has gone back. So let's look at this. That's Erica. What is happening right here? So that time, uh, Erica was showing uh, a cell phone to those children. It was their first time ever in history to see a cell phone. That was a few months ago. And what about this? Here I was preaching the gospel to this group of people deep, deep into the remotest. And the people that you, that you see who raised up their hands, they had accepted Jesus to be their personal savior. 
When you go into areas where the gospel has never been preached, the power of God and the miraculous workings of God take place to show the people that the God you're preaching is real. This happens through all the church planners you support because the only places we go is where there is no church, no Christians, no Bible, and we're bringing this to them. So what is happening in this picture here, Daniel? We had gone over there to, to also, this is another group. This is uh, another area deep into the remotest. But here, it had taken two years without rain. And that time, as we went to that place, they, were, they had initially prayed and asked God that it would rain, and it had not rained. And Erica came, she prayed that day that it may rain after two years. And guess what? The day that Erica prayed for rain, the rain came after two years. And they gave her the name Miss Rain. <laughs> <laughs> so if you need rain today, you just want to see Erica, okay? <laughs> wow. Uh, what is this, Pastor Daniel? That is one of the church houses that has just been planted ever, the first one in that region. And it's also a training center that is going to help to train all other church planters within that region. So there was a great celebration, praying and thanking God and celebrating for the first building ever in the history to be built in that region. Is this sinking in? 2,000 years, no one has been able to reach this area. No church has ever been planted. No people have been able to get in without being killed. Rock Bible, you built that church. Mm -hmm. This is Rock Bible. Wow. Yeah. This, this is you guys, wow. what God is doing. Those people mm -hmm. are praising the Lord because of your partnership. What is this a picture of, Daniel? This is another... Uh, uh, church house that is being uh, set up right now in another remote area where by the pastor, the church planter is going to live in this place plus all other people around. So this is going to be a center. This is going to be a place where people are going to come for worship. So Pastor Clement moves to the Karamajan with his whole family and he's pastoring that church I just saw previously. Pastor Daniel shared with me, I'm like, what's going on with the Karamajong and your 10 church planners? They, with their families, move into remote areas where there are no nothing, and they're living under trees to reach these people for Christ. And I'm like, Daniel, we've got to get them some protection against raiders at night and these sort of things. And I'm like, well, what if we built them a small house church? We call them these pioneer churches, $5,000 puts one of these up, and the family lives in a third of it, and then two-thirds of it is for worship. This is the first kind of house church in the history of the Karamajong right there. What about this? What's this? <laughs> Pastor Clement, having a motorcycle, this means a lot. For a church planter to have a motorcycle, Pastor Clement used to walk over 70 kilometers from one place to another place. This takes days for him to be able to do that. So a motorcycle in this land means a lot. 
and we thank God that he was able to receive a motorcycle, the first one ever in the history of his life, that is the motorcycle that is using to be able to go down into the remote areas to be able to preach Jesus. So we're praying that God will provide for each of those church planters a motorcycle. They're $2,000. What about this? Uh, this next picture, who are, th who are these? Here is Pastor Clement uh, together with church planters. These are your church planters. They're saying hi to you. They are celebrating and they are saying thank you so much for your love. Thank you much so much for your support. Thank you so much for each and everything that you have done for them to be able to preach Christ in the unreached area. Daniel, could you, you know, I know we think, we talk a lot about this $50. What does this really do? What does $50 a month do for one of these? $50 may not seem to be much here, but it's a lot in Uganda. $50 can be able to help a pastor to have food, to be able to go to preach the gospel, to be able to support him, to transport himself from one place to another, and even be able to take care of his family. So it is a lot that we use, that church planters use, to be able to do the work of the ministry more effectively. You know, this is Pastor Clement speaking to you right here. Uh, I interviewed him, and I said, would you please do a video for Rock Bible Church? And this is him. Hi, brothers and sisters. I am Pastor Clement Opio from Uganda, in northern part of Uganda, Karamoja. I want to thank God for you as support towards Karamoja and giving us a church, building for us a structure for worship and a training center. I want also to thank God for you of supporting our church planters in Karamoja. I am very grateful and happy God has favored me through you. I am blessed because of you, and God will bless you so much. I pray that let the living God bless you abundantly, and you continue supporting more church planters in Karamoja. Thank you so much through Pastor Mark. I love you so much and your families. Amen. He is 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> he is a warrior. The dude is ripped. He loves Jesus. And he is leading the movement that you guys are supporting. You are the only church in the world that is supporting the Karamajong. You are the only church in the world that is supporting a movement that has finally broken in to bring in the gospel. Do you see God is writing a story? It's a story of redemption. And somehow he's connected this church, Rock Bible, with his heart for the Karamajong. It's amazing. I came across a scripture and I, in reading my Bible and just my quiet time, and I thought about you, and I want to just kind of close with this and give it to you, not preach on it, but just read it to you as a blessing to your life. Your love, Rock Bible, Scott, all of your staff, has given great joy and encouragement because you have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. I see this when I travel. 
when I meet these pastors, the joy, and they say one thing, please tell these churches, these Christians, thank you so much. You've refreshed the hearts of God's people and empowered Pastor Daniel, Erica, and these dear servants of God reaching Karamajong for Christ. My prayer for you is that you've been refreshed today, that you've done what God has asked you to do. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm doing something in your days. God wants to take something today that you've seen, a story, a moment, and build it into your life. Refresh you, but also equip you and challenge you to continue his story in you, in your life, in your family, in the arena, the sphere of influence that God has given to you. And I pray that whatever that is, you've heard God's voice today and that you've been refreshed because of our whole experience. So I appreciate Pastor Scott um, so much. I love you, Scott and Julie. I just pray for you. Thank God for your pastors, your entire staff, this amazing church. We're going to invite Erica to come up here, and Pastor Scott desires to pray for Daniel and Erica, and I just wanted you to hear a little bit from Erica. Erica, come on up here. Give Erica a hand. You can grab a seat, and I wonder, Erica, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing, oh, right here, she can use this, just how, whatever you want to say to everyone, and then how Pastor Scott can pray for you, and then Daniel's going to share how uh, Pastor Scott can pray for you, and then, then Scott's going to pray for Daniel and Erica, uh, and uh, lift them up to the Lord, and uh, so here, we'll start with Erica. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Um, I just want to thank you for all your support and for all your prayers and the love you have shown to us in Uganda. We love you in the name of Jesus. One thing I want you to pray, to continue praying for us is to pray for orphans. These are the kids who have no one to support them, who have no one to love them. But through your prayers, I know God will encourage them and continue to helping them. Amen. Yeah, so what we are also requesting from you is to pray uh, that uh, that uh, church planting movement may be able to grow mostly in the area that we are talking about right now. We are going into these areas but there are a lot of threats, death threats. People have not known Christ and the Lord is sending us to go there. So we are requesting for that prayer so that we may be bold, encouraged and be able to move into those areas. And then also praying that, uh, that more people may be able to know Christ because that is very, very important for these people. If they get to know Christ, then we know uh, that the region will be transformed by the grace of God. So also praying for the missions, that the missions may continue to go on because still a lot is still needed for uh, that region 
to be transformed. All right, Scott. Pastor Daniel and Erica, you just sit right there. Scott will come behind you and just, in just a few weeks, Pastor Daniel and Erica will make a trip to the Karamajong. Every time they travel there, they're risking their lives. But they're going there because God's called them to. And uh, thank you for all your prayers and the ongoing prayers. We know it's a partnership. They pray for you. You pray for them. And I just want to say on behalf of all eight countries, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. We love you, Rock Bible. Father God, we thank you for this couple, for this country, for this ministry, for Pastor Clement, for these people. Lord, that we even know the names and the numbers, the vision of what has happened and what will continue to happen. And we sang this morning before we started, I don't see you getting tired. I pray, Lord, that you will help and show us that if you're not tired, then what are you doing and how do we be involved? We thank you for the orphans, not that they have been orphaned, but for the opportunity to minister to those orphans. And that you have provided people like this couple, like Pastor Daniel, like Erica, that will minister to those that some would call lost. I pray that they would be able to see that they are found. And for the church planters, Lord, going into places we frankly don't understand, we pray that you would give them the words to say. You would give them energy, give them protection, provision, Pray, Lord, that you would give them everything that they need. And I pray for conversion that many in Uganda would claim the name of Christ for the first time, would be baptized in his name, and that we might rejoice and support and pray. And so we thank you, Lord, for Pastor Daniel. We ask that you give him an extra measure of blessing. We love you, Lord, and we need you. Amen? Amen. Wow! Pass the tissue. Um, we're going to take a moment here. And um, it's Communion Sunday. And so we're going we're gonna to ask the band up. And they're going to play a song. And, and we're going to close. Um, there's a station on either side. And as you take the bread that's been broken, you dip it. You know what to pray for today. <laughs> You've just been told. Make sure that in the asking, sometimes we call it petition, that you share the thanks. Because uh, half the story is what's already been done. And Mark was right. You know, Mark makes these grandiose claims. I think, oh, he, there's no way that could be true. 
And then you come up and you see the pictures and the videos and you hear the stories and you hear from Daniel and Erica themselves. And he might have sold it a little short. <laughs> Mark, you know, thank God for what he's done. And then pray for the future of where it goes. You should probably talk about yourself a little in there when you're doing it. Amen? So we're going to start with the offering, and then uh, then we'll go into, uh, I'll come back up and introduce the communion. Lord, thanks for what we've heard today for people that are committed to you and then decide to do more with that. That conversion was just the beginning and the ministry follows. Pray that be a lesson for us. We thank you for what we've heard today. Lord, we pray um, and praise you, honor you for the support that has been given. We thank you for what we've been able to be a part of at this church. We ask your blessing on this offering that we're about to receive, whether it be here by passing plates or online. And I pray that you would use it for us to continue to do these kind of things, hear these kind of stories. And so we thank you for all this, and we pray it in your son Jesus' name. Amen. You just, you just sang that. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Our 10 pastors that we support just in that church have allowed over a 1,000 people to be able to sing that, to say that. I was lost, over a 1,000 conversion baptisms in Uganda, just with the 10 pastors we have. There's seven more ready. Or 360serve.org, you can go online. There, all the information is in the back of the handout. Go see Tracy. That's the best way. Okay. I continue to pray for them. Amen. Normally, this is where I would give a blessing. We're going to have a special Uganda blessing today. Pastor Daniel's going to do the blessing. Father, I just want to thank you for the great love we thank you lord jesus because you give your life as a sacrifice so i bless your people father i pray for them as they go back home whatever they have seen and heard king of glory let this word transform their lives i pray that they may be blessed their children may be blessed. I pray that their grandchildren and great-grandchildren may be blessed. I pray that whatever they touch on may be blessed. Fill them up with your Holy Spirit. Use them, Father, for your glory. Let them touch nations from this point so that they may be able to touch so many other nations around the globe. I thank you because you are doing it, Lord. Through the precious mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. May God go with you.